Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi and welcome to the program Tawheed and the Creation Exploring the Book, The Essentials of Tawheed, Book 3 in a series authored by Bilisadi Mani uh, and uh, Bilisadi joins me online once again. Bilisadi, Assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum salam, Muhammad Fasih and the listeners out there. Uh, it's a pleasure having Bidusali with us, alhamdulillah. And uh, indeed, uh, I think that uh, a lot of people have been engaged over the last uh, couple of weeks as we've explored uh, the various concepts that we have covered in an effort to better improve, better, should I say, polish our tawheed. And uh, um, we have been exploring the aspect of Tawheed in a sense, we've been attempting to go back to the concepts that we are familiar with as uh, children and expounding on that. So my opening question, inshallah, just as a reference to where we're going to go today, the importance of these building blocks in order for us to get a better understanding of, of our Creator. Muhammad Fasih, it's so crucial for us not to move on to any other area that we are studying or trying to understand better if we don't make a point of spending a lot of time. In fact, I would say almost all the time that we set aside to learn about our deen should in fact start with the subject of Tawheed. Simply for the reason that Tawheed is the subject of discussing and giving us a better insight into who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. So this becomes the foundation of everything in our entire belief system. It also is an opportunity to remove concepts and ideas of who we think Allah is. Because sometimes we say we know Allah, of course we know Allah, we believe in Allah, we all say that. But if we go into testing that understanding both for ourselves and for others, we find there are lots of gaps, lots of doubt, lots of uncertainties, and even misconceptions of how we believe. So this subject lays the very foundation of everything that has to do with our deal. Now, Bulsani, what we explained in previous programs is that the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is for us a gateway of understanding. And we say understanding not in totality. We never be able to obviously to understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's nature in a true sense, subhanAllah. It's beyond our comprehension. We, how do we understand infinity? SubhanAllah. Yeah. But I was going to say, Muhammad Fasih, I mean one of the things where we should actually start that assists us greatly is to not just make the statement and utter the words that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unseen, but to internalize that understanding where we know what we are dealing with. We are dealing with something that is not visible to the eye. It is beyond our five human senses. And it's in fact beyond to a large extent uh, to, to the brain of how we normally uh, gain knowledge. We gain knowledge uh, by applying our minds and examples around us to associate things with it so that we can get the image. We, we have this difficulty of 
having to create an image in our mind of what it is that we are talking about normally. Now, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is invisible, it means that there is no image, there is no picture, there is no concept of anything in the created world that is similar or like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, if we take that as the starting point, it is an indication how difficult the subject is. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to us and says, those of you who believe in the ghayb, in the unseen, we are referred to as the believers who believe in the unseen. So it is something that we have to come to terms with. Now what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done, knowing that we have this difficulty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the tools with which we can actually uh, travel through this difficult area. And the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, did it was to give us an indication of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sifat is uh, or attributes. And we've discussed very briefly what, what an attribute is. Uh, a description of a quality or an ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, both with the sifat and with the names. So we've been given the tools. It's now a question of applying those tools, taking out the names and the sifat and trying to understand it correctly so that that can increase our understanding of who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Now, Bilisani, in this program, we've chosen to focus now on the categories of the 20 Sifat. So before we start detailing what those categories are, why divide the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa into different categories? The categories is not something that um, is communicated to us in the way that we, that, that we are going to be doing it now. It's what the scholars did early on who gave us the basis of Tawheed um, to organize it in, in basically four categories so that it makes it easier for us to understand what is extremely difficult. Um, and it's more a tool to assist us. Uh, it's not, it's not a, a, a fundamental uh, requirement, I would say. It's more to able to recognize it falls in that category or in this category as a means of assisting us. So um, we should know the difference between the different categories, but I don't think we should spend too much time because some of the concepts uh, and the terminology is going to be uh, going to sound quite complicated and technical. Uh, and we shouldn't feel frustrated if we battle with it a little bit at the beginning because it will become more clear afterwards. And also, Bilisani, maybe it bears mentioning that when we're talking about the categories of the Sifat, when we're talking about the attributes of Allah Subhanahu wa in essence, uh, we've got to understand that this is at a level to be able to give us understanding. It's not, it's not a reflection of the extent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ability, nor the extent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power, but rather it is a way for us to, as human beings, be able to at least comprehend the concepts 
around the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which I think sometimes we struggle with because how does a human being, how does a created being truly understand Allah's infinite greatness if he tries to quantify it? Obviously, you, you will never, if you lived a thousand lifetimes, be able to do that. Yeah, our problem is when we talk about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is we have this difficulty of being created beings we look at things um, and, 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 and our knowledge is largely gained uh, through the use of our senses and examples in our surroundings. Um, there's nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is totally different to anything uh, that we know. So that already becomes one of the hurdles. And people sometimes say, or, or I have a feeling that they know Allah. You can never really truly know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why some of the scholars in the past who have dedicated their lives on this path of trying to get to know Allah the way Allah is supposed to be known um, are called the knowers of Allah or the arifin. They are also uh, referred to as the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's a path that requires, it requires very sincere and dedicated effort to pursue this path and not to be distracted. Now, of course, we know that the distractions of the dunya um, is, 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 uh, is numerous, are numerous. The distractions like... Uh, the things in the dunya, like our work, our jobs, our wives, our money, uh, or lack thereof, consumes all our thoughts. Then you have shaitan coming with his whisperings, and then we have the nafs, all of those things. Now, the Oliya have been able to put all of those things uh, aside and have opened their hearts completely to just fill it with a remembrance and understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the question might be, with all the challenges that we have today, are we expected to become awliya? No. Allah knows exactly who we are because Allah is our creator. Allah is the one who decided exactly you're going to have a problem with this and you're going to have a problem with that and you're going to have these opportunities and I'm going to put you there and see how you manage and live your life. So Allah knows each person in detail better than we know ourselves. So Allah doesn't expect us to become uh, awliya or doesn't expect us to become scientists or to become great scholars. Otherwise, only those people would be going to Jannah and would, 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 would achieve the nearness Allah has made it possible for us to achieve that nearness regardless of how we compare to any one of the other categories that I've mentioned. So there's a path that requires only two things, and that is sincerity and effort. And then Allah will supply the rest, each person according to their needs and their requirements. Now, Pulisani, going on into this topic, and uh, we've mentioned we're going to be categorizing the 20 sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What exactly 
are these categories? What are they called? And how do we derive a better understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Very briefly, because I think we'll, 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 touch it, we'll touch on it when we get to the detail of the actual 20 sifat, we'll say again um, what that category is and what falls in that category. For now, uh, to say there is the self-attribute. Now, the self-attribute is the very first category. It's a category, but there's only one attribute because it refers to the divine being, the supreme being. It refers to Allah and not any of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's qualities. Um, we have to understand what that is um, because the divine essence, the, the being itself, is, cannot be described like we normally describe anything in creation. Um, and that attribute is absolutely essential for us to understand. Then the next category would be, um, and there are five of them who fall in, in, in that, these attributes um, are called the negating attributes. Now, negating comes from the word negative. So it, it is attributes, in other words, you want, for example, I'm using a worldly example now, if we want to give an impression of somebody is tall, then we say he is not, you don't say he is tall, you say he is not tall, then it means the opposite of that. He is not, then you are referring to the opposite of that. He is not asleep. If I say to someone, I'm talking about, I want to speak to that person, and you say he is not asleep, what are you saying? You are saying he is awake. So you refer to the opposite. Now, it will become a bit more clear once we deal with that, and those are called the negating. You refer to the opposite quality, which can never apply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then there are the seven. Uh, so we've got one plus four is five. Uh, then you have the seven qualitative and conceptual attributes which refers to a description of certain abilities or qualities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, can hear. And there are seven of them. To hear is uh, just one of, of the seven. Then you have almost a mirrored image of the same seven, but in action. So if you say Allah has the ability to hear, Allah has the ability to see. The affirmative of the previous seven would become Allah has the ability to hear. The affirmative attribute is Allah is actually hearing. So in a sense, one can say the seven affirmative attributes are the previous ones in action. I know it sounds technical, but uh, we'll, 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 we'll go through it in a bit more detail to make sure that the point is not lost. But for now, it is basically to say there's, there's 20 and the 20 are divided into the one, which is the self-attribute, five negating attributes, which makes it six, and then seven qualitative or conceptual attributes, which is seven, and another seven, and, and that takes us to, to, to the 20. 
Now, uh, with a study on the seven qualitative conceptual attributes, um, which are descriptive of certain qualities. Yes. Just unpack that for us, because I think sometimes we can get lost in the language. Um, we must realize that we are talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a means of, uh, and a way of us getting to know who Allah is. If we say, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has power, it means that that attribute of having power or ability must be present if it is not there. If Allah or, or, or we think we are describing Allah and we find out that the attribute of power is not present, then we can't be talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it says that which must be there, in the absence of that, that is not Allah, or we are not understanding it completely. It means that there's something missing in our understanding. But if we cover all seven conceptual attributes, then it means we've, in essence, covered all the basis of the qualities that must be present when we describe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the uh, seven affirmative attributes, uh, which confirm the above-mentioned uh, seven qualities in action. So are we saying that the seven affirmations are supporting attributes in a sense? Yeah, it's, it, it confirms. It confirms the previous seven in action. In other words, to use an example, we say when we describe Allah, Allah must have the ability to hear. There's no, there's no possibility of it being Allah if Allah can't hear. But when we talk about the affirmative attribute, it talks about hearing, but it says not only does Allah have the ability to hear, Allah is actually hearing all the time, all the time from the beginning till end. So it is not just confirming that that quality exists, but that quality is activated uh, in a sense. It's not waiting to be triggered, if you if you understand what I'm saying. So, but Sally, just to recap for uh, the benefit of uh, the listener. So, the 20 attributes uh, fall into those four different categories. There are the self-attribute, that which refers to the actual unseen divine essence or that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, the five negating uh, attributes, that which negates unbefitting qualities or concepts. And then the seven qualitative conceptual attributes, descriptive of certain qualities. And the seven affirmative attributes, uh, confirming the above seven qualities, inshallah. I mean, obviously, those are those in action. So, uh, but Sari, so from that point of view, that'll be, uh, should I say, the roadmap for how we are going to engage with the 20 Sifat, inshallah. And uh, in the next program, I believe we'll be looking at uh, the attribute al-wujud, or existence, as the self-attribute, which is the first of the four categories, inshallah, that we'll be dealing with, inshallah. I mean, so we look forward to that. And of course, uh, if people would like a copy of the PDF version of the Essentials of Tawheed Book 3 in the series authored by Bersali, uh, they can go on to www.salimani.co.za. They'll be able to access the PDF of this book and all the other books, including The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body as well. Bersali, I, I want to say a big shukran. Alhamdulillah. I'm very excited about uh, the next program because we can really start to see how these categories will be put into action 
and in order for us to be able to understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a bit better as human beings. And uh, I think that, uh, yeah, most definitely uh, when we engage further, it will give us that deeper understanding and take us beyond the level that we had uh, when we were in madrasa and we were just simply mentioning and referencing these attributes, but we'll be able to now engage in our minds and grapple with what this means from a human level, inshallah. I, mean. I just want to make the, the, the concluding comment, and that is <clears throat> this path of trying to get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala better is crucial for us but it's not an easy path. I want to make it very clear um, that to get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to require that we actually make effort, not only to listen to this program, but to actually pursue a path of not moving on until we get to know this. And even though it might sound complicated and a bit technical and a bit difficult initially, but we must persevere. We mustn't give up. That's going to be one of the immediate tests. So already the way we've described the categories, it might have sounded as if this is going to be very technical. It's not going to be as technical when we move further into it, but I can tell you it's not easy. Some of these concepts are very difficult to understand because we are now dealing with the unseen as opposed to our whole life all our lives we've been dealing with the material world, concrete things that can be seen, heard, touched, felt, smelled, uh, and all of those things. Here we are dealing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's unseen and 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 that is the difficulty that we're going to have to overcome. But there's no other path. The path of Tuhid is the only path of how we're going to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, inshallah, may Allah make it a reality for all of us. Amen. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to grow in our understanding and uh, yes, to become of uh, the Arifin, of the knowers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amen. But Ali, shukran so much for joining us. Uh, all the best, inshallah. We look forward to next week. Amen. Stay safe. Uh, may Allah protect uh, Bilisari and family. And uh, we say wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you and the listeners out there, Muhammad Fasih. And uh, from myself, Muhammad Fasih, please until I speak again, inshallah. I bid you wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and have a safe evening further. Amen. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah.